All right, Psalm 96. Uh, this is one that's uh, full of praise and, and trusting uh, in the Lord. And so there's a, a um, theme in the first six verses of singing to the Lord. Um, we just did that. We, uh, we did three songs, I'll admit. I'm tired. <laughs> I have like no energy after uh, the service uh, this morning and uh, had some stuff to do in between services and my wife and I were driving back here after getting a late lunch, and I'm like, I don't want to sing any, so I'm tired. And uh, I'm like, it's just, uh, you know, if we have the ability to, and it's all Corey's fault. Corey showed up, and and uh, like, well, I guess we have to because you know, there's, you know, two thirds of us that usually play on on Sunday nights, and then Shane arrives, so now we got everybody here. Now I'm just playing. We, uh, it's a it's a blessing to say sometimes it's just we're tired, right? So. All right, so Psalm 96. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. This is Old Testament, right? Verse uh, 3. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are idols. But the Lord has made, uh, the, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. So, uh, the 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 psalm starts uh, with the um, the. Um, I told you guys, my brain is not working. The uh, suggestion to sing to the Lord. You know, we can look at it also as a command to sing to the Lord. Uh, but this, oh, oh, sing to the Lord a new song. He might have done something new in our lives, and we can praise him for it. Uh, if you're a poet and uh, the songwriter, uh, then write him a new song. You know, if not, then, you know, what, what song is the Lord putting on our hearts? It's, it's important for us when the Lord has has done something in our lives to, to praise him for it as we should. Uh, you know, that's, I love these reminders saying, just sing to the Lord. It doesn't say sing to the Lord if you feel like it. You know, it's, there's, there's the command there, right? There's the, uh, there's the, uh, the push of saying, Hey, sing to the Lord, a new song. And then it gets to why here uh, in, in verse two, but uh, you sing to the Lord, all you earth, bless his name. You know, all mankind should be praising him. He's a creator of the universe. Uh, you know, oftentimes I believe that we find ourselves uh, too busy worshiping uh, things that are created or the creature rather than the creator. You know, that's what our heart's drawn to, right? We, we have to change uh, our heart, and the Holy Spirit does it, but, um, you know, our hearts need to be changed because when we're born, uh, we're born sinners. We talked about that this morning. We, we are born uh, condemned in Adam. And uh, just as as sinners, we we inherit sin nature, and uh, our our, uh, our nature needs to be corrected and uh, pointed towards the Lord. So, uh, but we can easily find ourselves worshiping the creature rather than the than the Creator, um, and also that creature might be our own flesh, our own will. That's uh, what I've found, uh, especially in America, is like God number one. Do it. Ever you want to do it's free country I can do whatever I want right but we have we have the freedom to worship God in this country that's that should be the 
the the true praise, right? There are, there are nations that they, it's illegal uh, to practice Christianity. Uh, and here we have the freedom to do so. And, and how uh, serious do we take that freedom as a nation, as a nation? Um, you know, how serious do we take that? But, uh, you know, sing to the Lord, all the earth, sing to the Lord, bless his name, proclaim the good news of his salvation uh, from day to day, you know, proclaiming the victory that we have in the Lord uh, from from day to day. You know, today we can sing of what Christ has done for us on the cross. We've done that, right? Uh, we just sang old rugged cross. We That's a proclamation, right? Uh, yes, we're singing amongst brothers and sisters, but if we had somebody here uh, that doesn't know the Lord, isn't walking with him, doesn't have a relationship with him, uh, you know, that's a profound song to sing. You know, those old hymns, man, there's so much meat in them, you know? There not there just... There's so much meat in them, and, and uh, um, to uh, in comparison, yes, there are some great songs that are written today, but there are also some bubblegum ones that I cannot stand. You know, just repeating the same phrase over and over, and uh, very, very me-centered uh, worship songs, <laughs> you know, of my emotions, me, my, I, uh, those type of songs uh, get under my skin pretty fast. Uh, yes, I, we can read in the Psalms where you know David's writing that he's just pouring his heart out to the that's a little different but um, you know I, I guess I uh, those those songs that point the the uh, the focus of the song back to me and my emotions um, always get uh, you know I'm always leery of those types of songs and I usually don't find myself singing them to the Lord by myself um, and and certainly uh, we usually don't end up singing them here uh, just because then the focus becomes us and not what the you know who the Lord is and what he's done for us. But proclaiming the good news of his salvation from day to day. Uh, like I said, this was written Old Testament. But being you know, there was there was salvation that they uh, they experienced even in the Old Testament, that God would save them. Um, but we know so much more the salvation of our souls, right? Uh, you know, somebody can take our lives, but they can't they can't you know take our souls to hell. The worst they they can do, as we discussed this morning is kill us, right? And, you know, our then we have eternity uh, to face with our Creator. And uh, that's uh, obviously something that for a believer you're not going to fear. Um, but the uh, proclaiming the good news of his salvation, uh, I, I love it when it says from day to day. From day, go to bed at night, get up in the morning and start the praises, start the proclamations uh, again. It's a, a wonderful thing. You know, we can proclaim it uh, in our lives. You know, the gospel should be coming from our, our, our lips and should also be seen in our actions, that our actions are matching what we're saying. Um, and uh, so those two things should come together. If they're not coming together, then there's something wrong with us, right? So those two things should be evident from day to day. You know, our faith should be established and firm and strong every single day. Not where we wake up and go, oh, I'm feeling this emotion, so I'm going to let this emotion take me down, you know, derail me and take me down there just because I woke up on the wrong side of the bed or whatever. But this is saying for, uh, you know, uh, proclamations to, of the good news to be made of his salvation from day to day. You know, each day, that, that, that's a constant message of our life, uh, for, especially for the believer. You know, it's important that those two things match, that, that what we say and what we do would match and would uh, proclaim uh, the good news of his salvation from day to day. Verse 3 says, Declare his glory uh, among 
the nations, his wonders among all peoples. You know, the nations, peoples, that would include Gentiles. You know, when, when you look through, I love the Old Testament references where it says all peoples. All that, where it's all inclusive. It doesn't just say uh, only only Israel there. It's saying all peoples, that all people, all nations. Uh, that's uh, that's a wonderful thing to read as people that aren't Jewish. Uh, unless we have some of us that in here uh, that, that are Jewish. But uh, for us that aren't, uh, it's a, a wonderful thing for us uh, to read and to meditate on. So it's not just for Jews only. Uh, verse 4, for the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. In looking at, for he is great, and naturally, naturally, greatly to be praised. The Lord is great. Uh, God is so good to us. And because he's so good to us, he deserves our praise and our adoration. Those should those things shouldn't be uh, cumbersome to us, right? It, 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 like I said today, tonight, I was just tired and everything. And I'm like, you know what? We're at church. We need to sing. If I got a guitar and a voice... Uh, we're at least going to do one song. I even told Jen, I'm like, oh, we got to at least do one, you know, uh, just just to just for me, it sets the tone. And I believe it does for many of us. It it sets our heart on the Lord. Uh, we we pro, uh, proclaim his praises. Right. Uh, and, uh, and then we can sit and gather around his word. Uh, it's a wonderful thing to do. And it's around the world. You know, this uh, you know, the, this the praise uh, of God in song is all around the world. Uh, that it's, that music is a universal thing, and it's a, a wonderful thing, right? So he deserves our, our praise and adoration, for he is good and greatly to be praised. The second half of that verse says uh, he is to be feared above uh, all gods. Now, uh, you know, for all gods of the peoples are idols, it, it, it says, uh, continuing on in verse 5, but the Lord made the heavens. Uh, honor and majesty are before him. Strength and uh, beauty are in his sanctuary, right? But uh, for all gods uh, of the peoples are idols. Um, when you when you consider 1 Kings 18 and uh, uh, Elijah's matchup, his challenge to the 450 prophets of Baal, right? Um, that That's a, a, man, that's a powerful thing to read. Uh, just to think, right? You know, if we've ever felt like we're alone in our faith, this man was alone and persecuted, right? And you got 450 prophets against him, prophets in in quotations, um, and 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 to think this man stood so boldly, no doubt by the power of the Holy Spirit, but stood so so boldly, and it's Elijah against 450 prophets of Baal. And, and he has a challenge for them. And he says, how long are you going to waver between two opinions? If Baal is God, if the Lord is God, follow him. And if Baal is God, then follow him. Let's find out today. This is obviously a, quite a, a paraphrase. We're going to read some of it here uh, in, in just a few minutes here. But, uh, you know, how long are you going to waver? Um, but I love the response from them. But they kept silent. <laughs> they, they just kept silent. They're like, I ain't got a word to say. When they're being uh, challenged uh, by Elijah, and uh, and uh, so he says, "All right, let's let's each make an altar um, with a bull cut up on it, and with no fire un under it. You know, no trickery that can be introduced here. We're gonna each make an altar, and uh, there's not gonna be any uh, any room for any of your games to trick people. Of oh, hey, the fire! And you got somebody lighting it. Anything like that? No, we're making all new altars." 
and uh, we're doing those things and uh, cut up a bowl and, and, and you call on your God, I'll call on my God. And the one who answers with fire is God. And, and their response was, it is well spoken, right? So they're, they're up to the challenge, but they're shaking in their boots because they know that they're 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 worshiping a false god. They're 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 worshiping, uh, you know, a demon essentially. You know, they say it's well spoken, and then they cried out for Baal to hear them. And uh, there's no voice; no one answers. The scripture says nobody's answering. And at noon, you know, Elijah lets them go on for a while, and Elijah starts mocking them, and and uh, it, it's it's great. You know, he's like, cry aloud, for he is God. And then he starts mocking him, saying, oh, he must be busy. He must be traveling. Is he using the bathroom? Or is he just busy about other? What, what's he doing? You know, and, and so then they, they start as they would. They cut, start cutting themselves, and uh, they're crying out. And, and, and it even says that blood is running out. Blood is gushing from them. You know, they're, they're physically inflicting themselves. Now think about that, right? Remember the demoniac. What was the demoniac doing? Cutting himself, Right. They're they're worshiping a demon, you know, and, and their worship uh, is resulting uh, in in the same type of character. They're doing it more sophisticated, right, in a more sophisticated way. Uh, you know, they're cutting themselves and they're crying out and everything, but it's the same thing. It's self mutilation, right? They're cutting themselves. You know, oh, we're offering up our own blood. You know, think of think of those things. The ties that come together. Still nothing. Uh, you know, when midday passed and evening was approaching, Elijah called everybody near uh, near to him and uh, repaired the destroyed idols, uh, idol and put up 12 stones and dug a trench and uh, laid out the wood and uh, had four water pots and had them filled three times. So 12, right? Uh, you know, just, just we know the, sim the symbolism of 12 with the 12 tribes. Uh, but it also eliminated any trickery, right? I mean, no, you guys are doing your own thing. He's soaking this thing down with 12 uh, you know, water pots full of water. It says that the, the trenches uh, were filled all around. First uh, Kings chapter 18, verses 36 to 39. If you can't read that, uh, you, can, you can turn there. But First Kings uh, 18, 36, it says, And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening service that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God, and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust. And it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now, when the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. You know, the, a false God can't do that. They're powerless. They, they have nothing to offer. So, so Elijah is, is pointing that out to them. He's like, there's 450 of you. You should be able to loud, yell loud enough. Guys, believe me, Elijah wasn't one bit scared. He wasn't one bit afraid that they were going to be fruitful in their actions. He knew that they were fake. He knew that none of this was going to happen. It's not like he's sitting there. I believe Elijah's just sitting there like, just staring at him. Because what comes out right later at noon? They come, come the mockings, 
right? He's like, he must be using the bathroom. He must be traveling. I mean, where, where is he? You know, I, you're not yelling loud enough. You're not doing enough, right? So they start cutting themselves and crying out even more. You know, it, it, he knew it. But the Lord, it says, made the heavens. God created the heavens and the earth. He spoke them into existence. He claims, God himself claims, that there's no other gods besides him. And no other God has ever stepped up to the plate to say, yeah, there are. <laughs> there are none, right? God is, is, is the creator of all things. There, there is none that can stand up uh, to him. Verse 7, give to the Lord, O families of the people, peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him in uh, all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world also is firmly established. established. It shall not be moved. He shall judge the peoples righteously. So God uh, doesn't need anything we can give to him. Uh, but we're uh, blessed enough to be able to give him glory and strength and, and to give him the glory that's due to his name. There isn't anything we can give to God that God, like. it's not like he's, oh man, I really want to work, but I, I'm, I'm kind of stuck because I don't really have enough money. I can't create, uh, you know, all these things. The wonderful thing, right? We're in, we're in uh, Exodus on Wednesday nights, right? We're building up to. If you can't tell, I brought it up several times. I'm so excited for the part where everybody's heart is so stirred that they're bringing things and that they've got to be commanded to stop bringing, right? The giving of to the Lord is a blessing to us. It's a blessing to Him, right? You know, I'm always, you know, I consider these things. I'm always blessed. I mean, my kids are a little bit older, so it doesn't happen as much anymore. But, you know, when, when a kid, uh, you know, will walk up and say, I made this for you, right? I've got a couple things up on my on my thing up there. And they usually, a lot of misspellings and the letters are in the wrong spot. But, man, that kid had you on their heart. And they're writing those things. Those things that would be a blessing, right? The Lord loves what we pour out. Even though we may, you know, praise him, we may, you know, give him a clumsy offering, you know, and when we're trying to do something or whatever, you're trying to play that guitar and we're like, oh, I need this to be a joyous sound. Oh, no, it is. That is blessing the Lord if you're, you know, trying to learn to praise him and, and whatever we may be doing. Right. Uh, to, to honor the Lord is uh, is a wonderful, uh, wonderful blessing. You know, bring an offering and come into his courts that the Lord draws us. He invites us into his his presence. You know, he, uh, you know, can consider what's being said. It's it's uh, even though God doesn't need our our, our things, you know, we can be uh, brought into his presence. We can uh, come in and uh, give things to the Lord and then he'll use them. He'll grace, graciously let us be a part of, of what he's doing. And but it goes on to say here, oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. You know, that's the God we serve, a holy God. Uh, the, the beauty of his holiness, tremble before him all the earth. Uh, there is such an irreverence uh, for the Lord right now throughout the earth, um, which is uh, has been for uh, thousands of years. It's not new. It just seems to be a little more um, uh, prevalent because I think we can see it more. Right. Have you ever thought of some of the end, end prophecies to think uh, even even the prophecies of uh, in, in Revelation? Uh, where everybody in the world can see 
um, the prophets that are dead. You ever think like they couldn't see them back a hundred years ago? They didn't have TVs. Now, how's everybody in the world going to see them? You know, think think about the prophecies, right? And when would everybody? Guys, we can everybody can see everything now. Something happens in the scripture. The scripture being fulfilled, and and uh, just just to think of. Uh, what we can see around the world by grabbing a telephone, right? How many of us think about that, right? When we all, when telephones, uh, you know, especially even for me, I was born in uh, 1979, and a telephone was a thing with a big long cord attached to it with this attorney thing, right? Try winning something on the radio with that thing. Be caller number two. You know, you're doing all those things, you know, right? Right, we know all those the the things we had with with the telephone cords, or if it fell off the hook, and you don't know what calls you missed. You know all those things with the old telephone. What does this telephone do to us right now? Do for us right now? I've heard it said that there's more technology here in this phone than there was that was used to to launch rockets to the moon in the '60s. Isn't that crazy? That there's more in here that we like. An 18-year-old or 16, I don't know if you have to be 18 to buy a phone. I don't know if that's a thing or not. But I know there are 10-year-olds and, and younger walking around with that thing. And when we get on an airplane, what do we have to do? Put it in airplane mode, right? Because there's symbol, uh, signals and stuff like that. And it can mess things up. You know, think, think. The technology that thing has to broadcast what's happening on the other side of the world. That all may see what's happening. Wow. That the world would tremble. This type of thing that we can all see, its what it's doing is uh, unfortunately turning our eyes away from the Lord when we should be looking going, wait a minute, prophecies, now you know, when that happens, everybody can see it. You know, that the, the, the world's eyes would be opened. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. It doesn't say the Lord will reign. It says the Lord does reign. The Lord reigns. The, the world is firmly established. It shall not be moved. He shall judge the peoples righteously. Verse 11. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar and all its fullness. Let the field be joyful and all that is in it. Then all the trees of the woods will rejoice before the Lord. For he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his truth. You know, that's a, uh, as we're reading through these, uh, let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad, the sea roar in all its fullness, the field be joyful and all that's in it, that the trees and, and the woods shall rejoice before the Lord. All of creation declare the glory of God. You know, just just think around us. It's mankind that would be the ones that would rebel against the Lord, right? It's us that should be able to see the evidence that's all around us of all these things that uh, that declare God's uh, God's glory. And uh, you know, we see those things. And you see the beauty of those things. And uh, and here we are. We're looking, going, wow. You know, it's it's awesome. When, and when I say we, I mean mankind or, uh, you know, prideful man looking, going, look what evolution has given us. You know, we're happy and we are thankful for the bang. Uh, no, there's a loving God that created all of these things uh, and uh, for his own uh, glory. 
for he is coming, for he is coming to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and uh, the peoples uh, with his truth. Um, consider there the oppressed will be vindicated. Uh, sinners uh, judged upon Christ's return. You know, that the Lord will judge in righteousness and truth. There's no corruption in him. That there, he's, he's the righteous judge uh, and he's going to rule based on truth. Uh, those are uh, things, those are refreshing things uh, to see, right? Uh, we were talking before service, uh, actually before the, first, the two services today, uh, uh, talking um, you know, amongst uh, a few of us and talking about corruption uh, and, and how corruption is so widespread that, that the church uh, uh, needs to produce leaders to be in those positions that, that there would be those that are uh, righteous in God's eyes serving that would uh, balance things out, right? You know, you, you look at the way things are, and even in, even in this state, um, we uh, actually just talking about this, the, the fact that somebody uh, can take somebody's minor child uh, and, uh, and go uh, have, uh, you know, gender reassignment stuff uh, done with them. In what world would it be right for somebody uh, to do that to another person's minor, right? Uh, like our art, everything's way upside down. We need the righteous king. We need the one that you know, reigns in righteousness and truth to set these things straight. This is a mess, you know, and, and it's not won by, uh, by us going and, and violently taking over. That's not, not how we do it. We stand for the truth and we ask the Lord to intervene. And, uh, you know, there may be times where we need to stand and say and physically stand and say, absolutely not. This is wrong. We need to be able to stand for those things. But we know the Lord is coming back uh, and that he reigns in righteousness and truth and all will stand before him anyways. Uh, so we can have uh, some joy and uh, peace in knowing that as crazy as this world gets, uh, the Lord uh, is still reigning and uh, in control. Psalm 97 <laughs> starts with the Lord reigns, <laughs> right? The Lord reigns, you know, consider God's power and dominion as we're reading through this. Your Bible may have that subtitle there. Let uh, the earth rejoice. Let the, uh, the multiple, a uh, multitude of isles be glad, be glad in the power of God's dominion. Let uh, the earth rejoice and the isles be glad is, is, is quite a, uh, quite a line. God is, um, as the one that reigns, uh, we can rejoice in him as the perfect judge and ruler. As we just ended Psalm 96, it kind of flows right into here. Also in Psalm 97, the multitudes uh, of isles be glad. Uh, verse uh, 2 says, clouds and darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Clouds and darkness. We saw that displayed uh, on Mount Sinai, right? The clouds and the darkness and the lightning and, and all those things that are going to be listed here, uh, that, that the Lord, that awesome display of God's presence, that the children of Israel, were they didn't even want to approach the, the mountain. They were told not to, not to touch the mountain, but they didn't even want to. They're like, can you go over there and we stay way back here? Uh, they had that mindset, the, the awesomeness of God's presence. Um, when, when we consider how uh, irreverent the uh, culture has become, 
where where there isn't a reverence for the might uh, the, the mightiness of God and, and the awesomeness of his presence, right? It says righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. That that righteousness and justice, those are the things that God's throne are founded on. Righteousness and justice. It's uh, I've I've heard uh, many arguments uh, that that people will make against God, and they'll say, oh, so this person can go do this, 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 and this, and then just go to God, and God will forgive them. The answer to that is yes. Yes, if they're repentant, they can go to God and, and be forgiven because he's judging, but he's still judging righteously, right? They're saying, oh, I don't want to serve a God like that. No, because they want to serve themselves, right? It's ultimately what it is. Our, our biggest problem is ourselves. We, under, we understand that. We've talked about that uh, several times, but he's still righteous and he, <coughs> excuse me, he's still um, ruling in justice. He's, you know, his, um, the, where it says that uh, righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Somebody rules, you know, judges rule from a throne. Kings rule from their throne. And the foundation of God's throne itself are righteousness and justice. So we can never, we don't ever have to fear that God uh, will not uh, judge justly. Uh, in fact, we can be so grateful that God does and, and we can have peace knowing that as he's doing that, because of what Christ has done on the cross, right? We were talking about it this morning. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Uh, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. That, that justification that we've been declared righteous is what justification means. Made acceptable. There's also the play on words. Justified, never sin. Just if I'd never sin, right? So uh, those are neat little things uh, to remind us uh, of, of what those things would mean, that it would that that the faith that we have in Christ uh, puts us in that uh, that uh, category of uh, of believer. Right. And as a believer, we can trust in the Lord and uh, and know uh, that we can approach him in justice because the the. Uh, the penalty for our sin has already been paid for. So he's completely merciful and he's completely just in uh, what he did uh, in, uh, through Christ on the cross and in our lives, that, that we can approach him in mercy and uh, according to justice for what he has done. Verse 3 says, A fire goes before him and burns up his enemies round about. His lightnings light the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord of the whole earth, the heavens declare his righteousness and all the peoples see his glory. So uh, this is showing that the earth is uh, in subjection to the Lord as we're looking here. So he has the power uh, over all of these things. I like it where it says in uh, verse 4, his lightnings light up the world. Uh, there were, uh, what was it, this fall? I remember driving home from church and watching the lightning show, right? Especially, right, uh, like the um, uh, heat lightning. Heat lightning, is it heat lightning that's usually not a, a threat to us because it's all, uh, like I said, I didn't pay attention in, in science class, right? The, the, the lightning that stays up, is that right? Heat lightning, right? It all stays up there, right, in the clouds where it's supposed to be. Very scientific explanation for you, right? But it, it's great, and it's usually the great because it's happening all over the place, and it's 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 
uh, lighting up everything. You know, just just what it's saying here. The earth sees and trembles. There is some intimidation that happens when when you when you see those types of things. It says the mountains melt like wax. You know, there there's nothing that would seem the strongest on this earth that could stand uh, against the Lord. But these things were created uh, by Him, and uh, and they're nothing. We might look at you know all these mountains that people would climb. And, uh, and, and it's a great thing. And it's like, well, you know, at the Lord's feet, they just melt. <laughs> they're, they're nothing to him, right? So you, you've heard, um, we've actually sang um, these thousand hills, the footprints of the mighty God, right? You just, you know, which is a, a, a poetic uh, thing, uh, thing to say, right? Verse 7, let all be put to shame who serve carved images, who boast of idols, Worship him, all you gods. Uh, if you would uh, turn with me to Isaiah chapter 44, I think there might be too much uh, to show on there. Yeah, that's, um, we'll probably have to, yeah, we'll pro probably have to do that. Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's a lot there. I mean, I'm a few feet from it and, and, uh, and I have to squint, but yeah. But if you guys would turn there, it'd actually be uh, good for us to read it together anyways. Isaiah 44 verse 9. Still hear some pages rustling. So we'll, Isaiah 44, verse 9. Those who make an image, all of them are useless. Just stop right there, right? <laughs> Those who make an image, all of them are useless. And their precious things shall not profit. They are their own witnesses. They neither see nor know that they may be ashamed. Who would form a God or mold an image that profits him nothing? Surely all his companions would be ashamed. All the workmen, they are mere men. Let them all be gathered together. Let them stand up, yet they shall fear. They shall be ashamed together. So what we, what we see uh, being described here is great foolishness. Right where, where it even says those who make an image, all of them are useless. Yeah, and it goes on to say they neither see nor know uh, that they may be ashamed. Uh, who would form a god and mold an image that profits him nothing? Who, who would do that? Is that's a that's a question to ponder. A lot of people, right? It's not not that the scripture is wrong. The scripture is saying that to say, hey guys. Who would do it but the foolish person, right? And, and we're going to get into this here, but it says, Surely his companions would be ashamed, and the workmen, they are mere men. You know, let them all be gathered together. Let them stand up. Yet they shall fear. They shall be ashamed together. Be ashamed because they're doing foolish things. Verse 12 says, The blacksmith with the tongs works one uh, in the coals, fashions it with hammers, and works it with the strength of his arms. Even so, he is hungry, and his strength fails. He drinks no water and is faint. That tireless work, I've got to do this. This is important stuff. I'm hungry, but I'm not going to stop. I'm thirsty. My strength is failing. But this is such an important thing to do. This is a mockery that's happening here. This, Their actions mock God, but God, speaking through Isaiah, 
and to Isaiah, as we as we read through, you know, in the prophets, God speaks to I, the prophets, and the prophets relay it. Right? The, the, this is this is God actually, uh, you know, calling them out uh, and, and mocking what they're doing here. But this is a sad that even so, he is hungry and his strength fails. He uh, drinks no water and is faint. Everything he's got, all the 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 power within himself, is being used to make something that he's going to bow down to. It's 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 crazy. He's literally literally pouring himself out, right? The sweat's pouring out of him. He's pouring himself out to make something that he's going to worship. It's crazier than it sounds. Verse thirteen: The craftsman stretches out his rule. He marks out uh, one out with chalk. He fashions it with a plane. He marks it out with a compass. He makes it like a figure of a man, according to the beauty of man, that it may remain in his house. So on to the craftsman. You know, he's taken out his, his ruler, right? Okay, I want it to be this big. And then he takes his chalk and marks what he wants to be there. And he takes his plane. No doubt, these are all hand tools at this time, right? You know, all, now we've got all kinds of power tools. You know, Corey and uh, Alan came to my house and uh, my... My porch, the way I describe it, uh, was doing a wheelie, right? You walk out my porch and I'd have to walk up, you know? And, and these guys, uh, these guys came and, and they zip, zip, zip. They're cutting things. And uh, there was uh, this, uh, would you call is it a plumb line? Uh, an invisible, yeah. <coughs> I don't know how many times they had to look at me and be like, John, you're standing in front of the laser. <laughs> I'm not offering a whole lot of help, right? Because these guys are just zipping around and I'm like, ah, I got to do something. And I'm like, I start grabbing a shovel and I'm digging things out. I'm like, that's one thing I can't mess up is, is shoveling, right? Um, I'm not afraid to do manual labor at all. But I am afraid to start building things because I don't trust myself, right? <clears throat> but they're using these things and they know how to use them, uh, you know, all these tools to make something that makes sense, right? My, my porch is working wonderfully. And, uh, and I probably just stole your blessings, but, um, you know, the, the, <coughs> the Lord knows you, 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 uh, you still have them with him, I'm sure. <clears throat> but it says the craftsman of making all these things marks it out with a compass, right? And makes it like the figure of a man, you know, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make one that looks like a mankind. I'm going to make one like that. And, uh, in their pride and, uh, because man loves to worship man, man loves to worship ourselves, uh, and, and what we desire. Uh, you know, none of these things uh, were cut out uh, because God forbid it, right? But they're never like, oh, well, oh, if we're going to do something to worship the Lord, I mean, we're about to get into this uh, on Wednesday. They start, they grab a golden calf, right? They form a golden calf. This is your God. You know, just, just think of the foolishness that, that man will make as they're trying to, uh, you know, I guess, duplicate true worship uh, or, or simulate it. Uh, they can't do it. <clears throat> Verse 14, we've discussed this before, you know, the uh, the foolishness of this, but it's, it's fun to dive into it together because it's talking about idolatry here. Verse 14 says, He cuts down cedars for himself and takes the cypress and the oak. He secures it for himself among the trees of the forest. He uh, plants a pine and the rain nourishes it. This is describing a lot of work and nourishment that takes place, that you're going to go carefully select the thing that you want. Uh, and just, just think, though, 
It's 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 so insane that someone would go out, ah, I'm going to find the cedar I want. I'm going to go out and I'm going to find the cypress or the oak that I want. You know, ooh, I want I want this. I want to be able to do those things. And to think they're going to they're going to form something that they're literally going to prostrate themselves in front of. And they're going to they're going to put there as an as a as a um, thing to to worship as an article of worship in front of them. They're going to go cut it down. This is very calculated. And it's saying here that they're, uh, that he plants a pine and the rain nourishes it. I'm going to put this in the place where I want this thing to grow. And once it's grown to where it is, then I can create what I want out of it. That takes years for a, a, a tree to grow like that, right? You know, Consider how long it's going to be. That was a well-thought-out plan of idolatry. And I'm going to grow it. And once it grows to get here, I'm going to have a ceremony. I'm going to cut it down. And then I'm going to start doing my things. The very deliberate idol worship. Verse 15. Then it shall be for a man to burn. For he will take some of it and warm himself. Yes, he kindles it and bakes bread. Indeed, he makes a god and worships it. He makes it a carved image and falls down to it. He burns half of it in the fire. With this half, he eats meat. He roasts a roast and is satisfied. He even warms himself and says, Ah, I am warmed. I have seen the fire. That it actually lists here. Eats meat, roasts food with some, and warms himself. This is the tree, that special tree that they're cutting down, that they're going to fashion something to, to worship, that they're literally... Uh, you know, baking bread on them and cooking meat on them, uh, it, it, you know, with the other half, right? It, it, it doesn't make any sense that they have cultivated, right? They've planted where it, where it says uh, in verse 14, they've actually planted the tree. They were the ones that put the seed in the ground, right? And they put it there where it would be nourished by the rain. And now they're bringing themselves to a point of, of self-exaltation, where they believe a sex, a self, uh, exaltation, self, self exaltation, right? They believe that it's self exaltation, right? They believe that they're exalting this God that they have created. And what are they going to do to this thing that they created? They're going to bow down to it. They've literally planted the seed and made sure that it got good water. And then they're going to bow down to it after Baking bread on on the other half and and making their uh you know their their meats and their roasts it's 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 insane. Verse seventeen, the rest of it he makes into a god his carved image. He falls down before it and worships it, prays to it and says, "Deliver me, for you are my god." Uh, that spirit is very much alive and well today. Uh, of of making whatever we want uh, to be the thing that we worship and and submitting our whole lives. And hearts too. It's very much uh, alive and well today. Verse 18. They do not know nor understand. He has shut their eyes uh, so that they cannot see. And their hearts so that they, they cannot understand. And no one considers in his heart. Nor is there knowledge nor understanding to say. I have burned half of it in the fire. Yes, I have also baked bread on its coals. I have roasted meat and eaten it and I, and shall 
and shall I make the rest of it abomination and abomination? It's saying that they don't have those things. They don't have the mindset to be able to do so. Remember in, in um, uh, Romans 1, we're, we're talking about the, the fact that God gave them over to a debased mind. They're worshiping the wrong thing. They're insistent on it. So God gave them over to that so that their eyes can't be open uh, to those things. Shall I, it continues in um, uh, verse uh, what verse is that? 19. Uh, shall I fall down before a block of wood? They don't understand the foolishness of what they're doing. Verse 20 says, he feeds on ashes. A deceived heart has turned him aside and he cannot deliver his soul nor say, is there not a lie in my right hand? Their eyes are blinded to it. They've been so insistent upon the fact that they need to worship these things. Consider our lives today, right? And we look at what is being worshipped. Guys, there, there are bumper stickers that say, "Earth, uh, what is it, tree-hugging earth worshipper, right? After planting trees, you know, you're an earth worshipper. Cool, let's put it on your plate with your food, see how much you like it, right? Take it all in. That foolishness, right? That's the same thing to say. Oh, you love the dirt? And here, now it's got 17 elements, same ones that you have, right? You're okay. Just take them on in, right? You're doing the right thing. This makes sense, right? They don't have the mindset. God has to open their eyes. We talked about it this morning. It's the goodness of God that calls us to repentance. God's goodness has to wake them up because they can't do it. They can carry their God in their right hand, and they're not even cognizant of the fact that they're, they, they're carrying what they just made. Yes, they know that they fabricated, but they don't understand that, that how enslaved they are to this thing that they've created. Right. And we may not do that. We may not have those things. But what do we have? Right. What are the things that we serve in, in this nation? Oh, material possessions and money has got to be right near the top. Right. Power, success, all these things that, that we can't see the world crumbling around. Right. You know, the, their eyes are blinded to the fact of, of all the, the, the chaos that's around them. And they're, they, they can't dis, excuse me, discern within themselves how this is, this is uh, destroying their lives. They're blind to those things. There's a, you probably come to the same observation, that man doesn't need much push in that direction to go in that direction. We really don't because our hearts are prone to it. Uh, Jen was sharing something um, that, uh, that, that is true, but uh, uh, some uh, believers that I know, maybe some of you may have, uh, have shared a, a post recently on social media saying that Satan doesn't need to present, present himself like the devil to draw us away into our own desires. He really doesn't. You know, you remember, I, I just remember being an 80s kid uh, and watching some of the 80s movies of somebody selling their soul to the devil, right? And he's always the, you know, sharp looking, you know, devil with a, a great grin. And no, it, he doesn't even need to do that. He doesn't need to appear and have you prick your finger and sign it. You know, like I said, the foolishness of an 80s movie, right? I'm just explaining. They would, you know, prick their finger and then they'd use the blood and sign their, uh, you know, a contract with a devil selling their soul. No, it, it's just our actions, right? It's mankind's actions that, that uh, just dive our, the soul of, uh, of mankind. Uh, of either man or woman right into uh, even uh, you know thicker chains uh, that that Satan has to offer uh, to, to do it all you have to do is reject God that's it and serve yourself it's it's that easy it really is just get the focus on self 
Verse 8, Zion hears and is glad, and the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments, O Lord. For you, Lord, are most high above all the earth. You are exalted above all gods. You guys know, remember that song? Thou, O Lord, art high above all the Yeah, uh, no doubt uh, from Psalm 97, right? God's righteousness and judgment uh, being celebrated here. The Lord is most high above all the earth, exalted above uh, far above all gods. And that's not like there are little gods and he's exalted above them. It's the what it's really saying there is that there are no other gods. Uh, he's so much greater than uh, what anybody else could ever uh, even fabricate is 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 really uh, what's what's being um, explained there. Verse 10. You who love the Lord hate evil. He preserves the souls of his saints. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. Uh, because we love a holy God, the natural response to evil should be hatred for it. Uh, when, when you read that, uh, you who love the Lord hate evil. Uh, and, and it should be a natural response, right? Hatred for what uh, the evil that we see and what it re represents, right? Uh, that that hatred, right? You ever been to the point where you hear of something so wicked and so evil that uh, you know your blood pressure starts going up, right? Your teeth are gritting. We're we're so mad. I uh, I've I've seen uh, you know scenes depicted in a movie, and Jen's literally like you know like putting her hand on me like breathe, <laughs> right? When you see the wickedness, you see those things happen. You know that there's an, a hatred uh, for those things. Uh, in, in knowing, you know, we should hate the, those evil things. Or should, it's going to be a natural thing for us to hate evil, knowing that God preserves the souls of his saints. Saints are believers in Christ, not those that have been gone through um, the the process of Catholicism, uh, you know, naming somebody, canonizing somebody, and making them a saint. That's not that's not biblical sainthood. Biblical sainthood is uh, those who are uh, following after God that have a relationship with God. That's uh, clear, plain, simple. When when Paul's writing to all the saints at wherever they were, right? They got a whole lot of people that have gone through the whole process then, right? Uh, you know, it's an easy thing uh, for us uh, to explain to somebody who might not agree with us. It says that he delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. Uh, my mind went to uh, Daniel uh, chapter 3, and, and you'll see uh, some verses pop up here. Uh, Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. You're going to be familiar with these things. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego um, answered and said to the king, when they're being called to worship uh, the golden image, and they're, they're, uh, they are um, refusing to do so. So in come all the governing authorities, and they're accusing them of, of not falling down uh, and worshiping as the king said. So they're brought before the king, and uh, here they are in verse 16 saying, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, uh, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. So they are being threatened. Either bow down or th get thrown into the fiery furnace, right? And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. 
But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Right? We're familiar with this this story. I, I, I know everybody here probably very familiar uh, with this, right? So what does Nebuchadnezzar do? Respect him, right? And say, it's okay, guys. You can uh, go your way. I respect you. No, he gets really mad, and he, he has him set, uh, heated up seven times hotter. And so hot that the ones that are casting them into the fire are killed, right? So they get cast into the fire. And Daniel chapter 3, verse 23 says, and these, uh, and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. God, where it says here, he delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. This wicked man was trying to force them into idolatry. And God, flat out, just delivers them. There were, they were three thrown in there. Now there's four. They're not bound anymore, and they're walking. You know, that's the deliverance of the Lord. If we need a, you know, if you needed a powerful uh, uh, example of that, uh, that's a, a, a great one there. Delivering them out of the hand of the wicked. We can trust God the same. Have the same resolve in our heart. I am not going to conduct myself in that manner. Hey, company party. Everybody's drinking. How come you're not drinking? It's part of the, you know, you're, you're putting a damper on this or whatever. I walk with the Lord. I don't want to do that. I was enslaved to that once, right? Hey, everybody's smoking pot. You're not going to smoke pot? No, I'm not. You know, whatever, whatever the temptation and, and the the, uh, uh, the the tribulation and, and the uh, persecution that comes afterward. No, I'm going to stand. You can do that. You can do all you want and you can say and do anything you want. I'm going to walk with the Lord and I've got a conviction in my heart that I've been freed from that. And I don't conduct myself in that manner anymore. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go out with the guys and go, you know, look for ladies. I'm not going to none of that. stuff. The old person is gone. In the Lord, and I'm going to trust Him. I may lose friends, whatever, but the Lord is the one that's that's going to be my deliverer. You know, I don't have to worry about, uh, you know, if I'm going to be accepted anymore or anything like that. No, I'm going to go walk with the Lord. Verse 11: Light is sown for the righteous, and gladness for the upright in heart. Re rejoice in the Lord, you righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holy name. The, Gladness in the heart of the believer, that light is sown, uh, can also um, be uh, the light dawns uh, for the righteous and gladness for the upright in heart. Light dawns, right? So if that light is sown, is kind of throwing you off, uh, light uh, dawns. Uh, consider it that way. You know, for the believer, we can rest knowing, as Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but, the, uh, but have the light of life. Where it says that we can have gladness and upright in heart, rejoice in the Lord, you righteous, because we walk with the light of the world. The light of the world has lit the path in front of us. He's shown us, right? Uh, just consider the darkness that we once walked in 
and that the Lord would uh, then uh, be, as it even says of the word, right? Uh, that it would be the lamp to our feet and the light to our path. You know, Jesus Christ being the light of the world. That When we understand we've been justified by grace through faith in Christ, we can have gladness uh, in our hearts uh, because of what he's done. You know, what he does causes us to rejoice in the righteousness that we have in him. And the proper response should be giving thanks to him in remembrance of his holy name, uh, as it says at the end of verse 12. You know, for what God has done, look, I mean, just look at what it's saying. Light has sown for the righteous and gladness uh, for the upright. The, like, this is what we sign up for, right? This is what we want. This is what keeps us moving, is knowing that there is such great reward in walking with the Lord, even in this life. Not only in, it just if we just think about this life, the fullness uh, of, of the life that we have in walking with him in this life is so much greater than whatever the world's facade thinks, you know, is, is presenting to us. Of, oh, well, this is going to bring you great fulfillment. No, it's not. No, it isn't. No, I see the little tail hanging out there. Like, you know, you know, I, I see your fingers crossed behind your back, right? Those types of things. No, the true gladness, the uprightness, uh, the, and, and the rejoicing uh, for us and the giving of thanks, uh, we can do very easily in remembrance of his holy name. We just understand who is the one that's done all this for me in my life, God, and that we can have the true joy and peace in him. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful, Lord, that uh, you have such great things uh, for us in this life, so much better than any lie this world has to offer us. Lord, you've taken many of us from idolatry, conducting ourselves in the same foolishness as we saw uh, you know, depicted in Isaiah 44, believing that something was going to give us fulfillment, and it didn't, and you delivered us from that. Lord, may we never, ever return to that. And Lord, may you use us to call others out of that, point them to you, that they may be able to rejoice and to give thanks at the remembrance of your holy name when they know what you've done and they see the transformation that comes. As a child of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.